to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We have been talking this week about meditating on the Word of the Lord, and we view Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 as our jumping off spot. And it talks about how a man needs to delight in the law of the Lord. And we talked that first day about the fact that sometimes people read that and they think, oh, the law, they're talking about the law. And really, as he talks there, he's talking about meditates on the word of God and that we are to meditate on the word of God, but we're to to delight in meditating on the word of God, to delight on thinking about the word of God. And so once again, this is not an issue of, oh, I have to because Every pastor I ever heard of said I should. Oh, I have to because somebody expects it. Oh, I have to because Pastor Vince and Pastor Richard are saying that I should, or God will get mad at me if I don't. No, this is a delight. This is something that we want to do. And so as we do that, as we delight in the the word of the Lord, as we meditate on it day and night, he says there a promise at the end. And that whatever he does will prosper. And so we need to, as Christians, I think, once again, and we talked about this issue either yesterday or the day before, remember who we are, that God is our Father, that we're the children of God, and that as his children, we should delight in him. You remember when you were a kid, you couldn't wait for your dad or your mom to get home? You, you jumped in their arms and you were so happy to see them. And you felt protected when they were nearby. That's the way we should be with God, that we just delight to jump in his arms, to delight to be around him, to to feel his protection when we're around him. And as his children, to understand that we have all the promises of God and that one of them is that when we delight in him, He will that all that we do will prosper and that he gives his love and his mercy and his grace to his children. He gives his joy to his children, and that we, as his children, have those things. And so it is It is time for Christians in America to remember again just who they are in the Lord, who is their Father, and all of the promises that he has given to each and every one of us that they are all good, they are always good, they stand every day, every night, and that he is there for us. And I just want to say, as you were talking, all kind of scriptures were just jumping out, out of me, just concerning delight yourself in the Lord. And here's the deal. As you delight yourself in the Lord, spending time with him, that's what that means, spending time with God. And again, God in his word is like wet and water. You can't separate them. 
But as you spend time with God in his word, that's considered an intimate, intimate time. And during that time of inter- intimacy with God, he's going to start revealing some things to you in his word. And I tell people this all the time. God's word is forever pregnant, meaning it's forever given birth to new facets of revelation. That's why Paul prayed for the church, the body of Christ, in Ephesians 1.15 through, and it goes on, especially in 17. He said, he prayed for you always that you will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you may know what the hope of his calling is and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards you who believe. So God said, I want to show you something. I want to show you some deep things, some mysteries. Because the scripture says also in Colossians, in him and Jesus are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. Well, him and his word are one. So if I spend, as I spend time with him and his word, he's revealing to me his wisdom. Again, wisdom from God. And we think the highest form of wisdom is intellect. <laughs> it's knowledge. not. That's why he said we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by the word of God, not by pure sense knowledge or information knowledge. We walk by revelation knowledge. And that's what God's going to give you as a result of spending time with him in his word through meditation. Because meditation brings revelation. And then he tells us over in Colossians 1, he, said, he prayed it again. He said, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding only comes from meditation of the word of God because it's forever pregnant. You can get a word last year or have gotten a word last year from God Two, three years later, you get that same word or a pastor preaches on that. And you say, man, I didn't see that in all of that scripture. Well, it, it, it's a seed. You, remember, we talk about a seed. You can open up an orange and count how many seeds are in the orange. But can you count how many oranges are in the seed? In the word of God, in Luke 8, it says the word of God is seed. So it's forever producing. It's producing revelation. So God's just trying to give us some victory here. He's like, I have all the wisdom. I remember, what was this scientist uh, back in the day? Frederick Douglass, one of them, one of them black universities to see. This guy invented the cotton gin. And he spoke before Congress. And they asked him, how did you get the knowledge to do all this? He said, well, God gave it to me. <laughs> he would go in this, what he called his little laboratory. He wouldn't take nothing in there in the laboratory but the Bible. And God was just downloading all this wisdom and revelation to him on how to Oh, not not the cow gin, the peanut. What was his name? I got I got him in my Bible, uh, the little article. He invented well, he invented the peanut, but God showed him all the uses of the peanut. And when he testified before Congress, they was like, "How did you know the peanut can do all these things?" He said, "Well, God told me." <laughs> and then they only initially they only gave him like thirty minutes to talk, but once he started flowing out of the out of his heart, the Bible says those who are filled with the Spirit, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. They gave him a couple hours. They just wanted to hear about how this black man was that in the late 1800s get all this wisdom to find out that you can do all that thing, all that with a peanut. And see, we need to hear stories like that because he testified to God. He said, God gave it to me. So anyway, may be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. God's going to give you some knowledge. And he gave Joshua the key to take the whole city in Joshua 1.8. Look what it reads here. He told Joshua, this book of the law, and we remember 
Remember, the law is the word of God. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I mean, let it always be with you. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Again, he say, you, as you meditate in my word, you're going to make your way prosperous. Richard, you're going to have good success. Now, I got to just emphasize on this. There's a difference between good success and bad success. The world, remember, don't be conformed to this world. They're going to give you what's called good success. God, they're going to give you the world's success. That's, I call it bad success. God says he promised good success. Now, good success is, you know, you're healthy, you're wealthy, you're prosperous. You got that peace, that shalom, that wholeness of God. The world's success is you got a lot of money, but you got a lot of scandal. <laughs> you, your health is bad. Like, what was his name? Howard Hughes. He was rich, but he spent his last days locked up in a hotel room. They call that eccentric. <laughs> right. And, and then we see all these reality TV stars. You know, they've got a lot of fame. They've got a lot of money. But most of those people that you see, you would say, I would never want to be them. Well, I'm looking at them now. Some of them, the ones that's my age and are gone because of the drug overdose and all that, I idolized them as a youngster. I'm looking at them now. I used to want to be them. I'm like, now that my I've been enlightened, I'm like, I don't want to be them. I'm glad God created me to be who I am and revealed to me the things he's revealed to me. He's given me his wisdom. I'm glad he made, I'm, I'm uniquely made, and I have the wisdom of God. And my plan, the, God's plan and purpose has been fulfilled in my life because I'm observing to do all that's written in his word. And now I'm making my way prosperous and I'm having what's called good success. Me and my wife are madly and still in love with each other after 25 years. My kids are, are leaders. They're, they're, they're star students. Everything, that's that wholeness right there. That's what God gives you, that peace which surpasses all understanding. And that's what he says, I promise you this. You meditate, you hang out with me. Because remember, we're hanging out with him as we meditate on his word. And he's telling us how to be a good husband. Yeah, I ain't getting a lot of amens. He's telling us how to be a good father. Because he he's the author of all that. He's the author of marriage. He's the author of parenting. That's well, why see, we say Abba Father. I tell people all the time that you cannot love your spouse the way that God wants you to love them unless you love him first. You right. love him the most. You can't love your children. You can't love your coworkers. You can't love just mankind in general the way God wants us to love them Jesus, unless we love him Jesus first. Jesus said something about love. He said, how can you say you love me if you don't adhere to my word? Right. He just told us to meditate on his word. So he said, how can you say you love me? Because, again, you can't even love your wife if you ain't loving the word. <laughs> well, you never love her the way God wants you to. Right. To put her above you. Right. And to esteem her above yourself. You can't See, do that. See, we can't do that with anybody. No. Because our human nature is to esteem ourselves number one, is to watch out for number one. And what does the world tell us? The world tells us constantly, watch out for number one. And God See, says, don't be conformed to the world. And the world That's tells word. us constantly, do unto others before they do unto you. And God says, you know? bless those that persecute you. Pray, Pray for those for who spitefully use you. Yeah. See, and so, so God now you turns meditate it upside on that, down. And here's the deal, Richard. When you meditate on the word of God, and life is going to bring those, those opportunities to you to actually do the word of God. Remember, in Joshua, he says that you may observe to do it. <laughs> well, see, life is going to happen to us, and so we're going to have opportunity to do it or not to do it every day. But if you meditate on it enough, it's going to become so real to you 
That's the reality you live in. So when somebody offends you, Richard, since you've been meditating on bless those that persecute you, pray for those who spitefully use you, don't trade evil for evil, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, you're going to respond differently now because you've been meditating on that and you have understanding, spiritual understanding. Well, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this week. I was the guest on another show. And and their rationalization for not putting people ahead of them was justice. There has to be justice. That that person shouldn't get ahead of us. That person shouldn't take advantage of us. There has to be justice. And I said, well, I guess that's a good rationalization. Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, prefer others over yourself. Right. He said, the first shall be the last. The last shall be the first. But see, this is how deep the devil has got into us. This is how deep the world has got into us. That we can say no when I'm when I'm standing up for my rights and I'm making sure that that person doesn't take advantage of me or get ahead of me. That's justice, and so the world has perverted people, even Christians, to the point where we don't do what God says and we call it another name. Well, that's why the Bible was written to believers, to God's children. He told us in Romans twelve, "Don't be conformed to this world." Right, and this world would say, yeah, right. don't let them in. But he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, you need to meditate on that and find out and get some revelation and find out what God's saying in that when he said, don't be conformed to this world. Well, this I don't person, know how many, I haven't seen so many Christians that are conformed to this world, especially those ones that pledging allegiance to political parties. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this one, but he, we, our allegiance should be to the kingdom of God, as far as God's concerned. Not to any political party, any other organization, your allegiance. Because my Bible says God is a jealous God. And he says, don't you have any other gods over me, that which includes your one. spice. Yeah. <laughs> so so we do that. We're, But the world says no. Oh, now we're part of this election or... this year. And if we can just get enough Democrats in there, or if we can just get enough Republicans right, in there, right. the world will be fixed. <laughs> no, until we get Jesus in there. <laughs> See, that's until a, his kingdom I mean, come, his will you be done. You see Christians who are Democrats. You see Christians uh, yeah, who are Republicans. On both it sides. doesn't matter which party. You see Christians who think that if we could just get the right number of this political party right. in there, We're gonna be, everything's going to be, be fine. No. The world will be set It ain't going to be fine to Jesus said, declare to what Jesus said need to be done. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the ends of the earth. When everybody has a kingdom mind and when God's people, because the earth is still waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. They're still waiting on us to rise up to the size of the head, which is Jesus. He's waiting on us to be built up and us to go boldly. I was watching this documentary out of uh, Africa. Uh, what was his name? Idi Amin, Uganda. The president declared this nation is a godly nation. He said, we're under the authority of Jesus. They had so much evil running rampant in the country, and they 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 ran out of options. <laughs> and they bowed down. Every knee will bow and every time. And that's what I always say. When we get a president that's going to say, we're going to use this Bible as our model, and we're going to root out evil. Remember, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their evil ways. So he says his people have some evil ways. Part of those evil ways is being conformed to the world. Part of those evil ways is not being a hearer but not a doer of the word. So he said, check yourself first and do what I say, and then I'll heal the land. But he wants us to go into those kingdom-minded people because anybody can say that. I know a lot of church scores. There's a lot of Christians, and people have the badge, but they don't do it. And Jesus said, don't just be a hearer only but be a doer. He said, if you're a hearer only, you're just a deceiver. You're deceiving yourself. And we got people, politicians, that claim they're Christians, and they're not doing what, 
Christians are supposed to do. They just saying it to get your vote. <laughs> well, you know, I like what you had to say there earlier about how we got to start with ourselves. Because a lot of people see, they look around our country and they say, oh, man, look at those bad politicians. They look and they say, look at those bad people over there, or those bad people over there. God wants us to humble ourselves. That he we said, look start, at you. Actually, the scripture, says, the scripture says, examine yourself. Right. We need to, to start see with ourselves. if you're ourself. in the faith. Don't say, you know what? And I know you weren't saying this, but somebody might have heard, well, we'll just wait till there's a president that finally right. does right, and then we'll. Well, worry that president about it. No, is going to be Jesus. It doesn't matter <laughs> if the president does or doesn't. We are to examine ourselves. We're to humble ourselves. Well, We're to cry out. And, to and God. we have an example, a biblical example. Look at Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in a Babylonian society, kingdom. They still chose not to bow down, yet they still honored the king. They say, all right, King Nebuchadnezzar, we know you made this. Long live the king. They even said it, long live the king, but the God that we serve. And and actually, they end up winning Nebuchadnezzar to the, to the Lord. Well, soon not we because they, they didn't get fried. Well, well, he well, was, well, not only, but he not, got the word. Well, well, and they didn't come down on it. They didn't curse them. They didn't belittle. They still honored them. And you know again, what I like the best thing about what they said is our if, God can save us. Yeah. But even if he doesn't. We're never going to bow down. And there you go. And you know how this country, every country, the world needs Christians who are going to say, no matter what happens, we're not bowing down to evil. We're not bowing well, down you know to the world and system. And here's, here's part of bowing down to evil. A lot of Christians don't realize dishonor. When you dishonor someone that's in authority, you're bowing down to evil because we're supposed to esteem one another. We're always supposed to esteem people. Well, unless Especially, they're the other political party, well, and then we can right, throw right, dirt right, right. See, it's not like that. And we know that in the natural, because when a police officer stops anybody, a Republican or a Democrat, you're going to give him the utmost respect. <laughs> you ain't going to go off, even if he was in the wrong. You're going to why you respect the authority. But we've seen again to get conformed to this world. We seem to think that we can just dishonor anybody, and it. it and God well, that's, says that's not. Who I am. God says we don't do that in the kingdom. But see, it's interesting in the American political system, particularly, you hear people say, well, I have freedom of speech, so I can say whatever I want. The Bible doesn't say that you can say whatever you want. He says use your words to edify, to build up. He didn't say use them to tear down. Right. And and so even in our political system, but even in everything, I hear people all the time say, we have freedom of speech. I have freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want. But yeah, okay, maybe the Constitution says that you have freedom of speech, but God doesn't say that you but, can say whatever you want. And this is what we're saying. This is what we're saying, people. Jesus is our Lord. Lord means owner. If your Lord told you only use your words to build up and edify, either you're going to be a doer and a hearer of that or just a hearer only. So, again, the Scripture says, I've been Colossians, I was reading today, fully pleasing him. Our desire is to be pleasing God, not men, not parties, not organizations, but God, our Lord Jesus. And if he gave us a command and said, use your words to edify, to build up, to bless and not curse, I think that's what we should be doing. Because I'm reminded of this other scripture. He says, in that day, many are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, why you call me Lord and you don't do the things I told you to do? Yeah, that's over in, uh, I believe, Matthew 6. But we have to if somebody's your Lord and Savior, and the scripture said, because he died for us, we ought to live for him. But see, when, and then people will say, "What, Lord, Lord, when did you do what I said? And they'll say, well, I went to church every week. I never yeah. missed a Sunday. 
I, I wore my best clothes. I toted my Bible in there. Yeah, but you didn't do what I told you. Jesus says. People well, I thought that, he said go to church every Sunday. He said those, Jesus said, those who hear these words and do them, I will liken him into a wise man that built his house on a rock. <laughs> he said, but those who hear my words and don't do them, he said, I'll liken him into a foolish man who built his house on the sand. See, and some of that, what he's talking about is love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he was saying. Esteem others yeah, right. ahead That's of what yourself. He was, saying. he was saying, do what I told you to do. And again, we've been so conformed to this world, we let television and other people we think have Friends, influence. Yeah, people that have influence in our relatives. sphere of influence influence us and in not knowing that Satan uses people just like God uses people to influence. So we have all these other outside entities that are outside the kingdom the Bible calls it the world system influencing God's people to do his will. And we think it's all good, that it's okay, but he says not. He says, no, if you want to have my best, again, and all this comes from meditation, because we're still talking about meditation. If you meditate on the word of God, a lot of us, I believe if we meditated on the word of God and did it, this nation, I just know as a people, now I'm going to break it down to examining myself. As I meditate on the word, I'm talking about me now, so if you Ain't nobody get mad for me talking about me. I'm talking about me. As I meditate on the word day and night and actually observe to do it, guess who gets blessed? Me. And I've experienced it in my life. And I've just made a commitment to commit to the things of God. Oh, I'm not perfect, Richard. I missed the mark, but I know how to exercise 1 John 1, 9. Confess, he's faithful and just to forgive Amen. and cleanse me. I know how to do that, but and I know Jesus paid for it all at Calvary. When he said it was finished, it was finished. But... I don't still just participate in sin just because I know I'm forgiven. I'm a work in progress. We all are. But we have to examine ourselves. The, the scripture says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. In the faith means to see if you're actually a doer and not just a hearer. <laughs> you got to always use this Bible as, as a mirror. And here, here it is. It's just you and there's it. And you got to say, do I look like this? Put that Bible up to your face every morning and say, do I look like Matthew chapter 6? <laughs> Well, you and if you don't, make the correction because it's an open book test. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier in the week on that same show, and I suggested to that person that before they do anything else that they read their Bible in the morning. Get up. Maybe you have to get up a little, or a few minutes earlier than you were before. But before you watch the news, before <laughs> you read the newspaper, before you do anything else, read some of the Word of God. And this person, I'm not making any judgments about their Christianity, but... You would have thought I grew a second head. <laughs> he <laughs> the said, way they read the Bible way. first. Well, I mean, They're like, are you crazy? When, when I said the first thing you should do every morning is put some of the Word of God into your mind, rather than the news or the newspaper or anything else, but think about the Word of God. And it was funny because it was almost like I I had grown a second head because the way they looked at me. <laughs> but but this is how the world's ingrained see, us. See, see what's, the, what's the most important thing, Vince? What's going on well, in the news? That's an example of being conformed to this world. That's what I mean, and, though. And, see. And, and here's another thing. The Bible talks about in Corinthians, Paul talks about two type of Christians, the spiritual Christian and the carnal Christian. The spiritual Christian is a maturing Christian. He receives the things of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom revelation. He receives it. He doesn't intellectualize. He goes ahead and receives it, and he grows. We talked about that the other day, how Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom. And and the carnal Christian or the, is a baby Christian. He wants to stay a baby. And when you say things like that, you're going to get that re, that reaction. He looked at you like you grew another head because the Bible says... Well, the world says the most important thing is what's going on in the well, news. And, and the Bible says 
the things of God to a carnal Christian or the natural man are foolish. They're foolishness to right, him. Right, it's foolishness. Nor can he why receive would you, Why would you read like, the Bible? Well, that don't make any sense first thing in the morning. And wake up and I gotta find wake out up what's to going a Folgers in my cup. But I mean, wait and find out what's going on in the world. That's the most important thing. Well, if that's, again, if that's your, if that's what's important to you, but my Bible tells me, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. Yeah. His way of doing things. But see, first. this is how, you know, and we, we constantly go back to Romans chapter 12. That we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, our old mind probably, and there, there may be people listening, they still, the first thing they do in the morning is turn on the news. First thing they do in the morning is pick up the newspaper. First thing they do in the morning is, is something other than look at the Word of God. I want to try and convince people, just make it a habit, because it only takes three weeks to do it. Get into the habit of looking at the Word of God first in the morning. You get a whole different perspective of what's going on in the news. Because what is the news? The news is the latest plane crash. The news is the latest war. It's bad the, news. The, the news is the latest famine. The news is the latest disaster. Locally, you know, the latest stabbing or shooting or and car wreck. It's designed wreck or to move you in that direction. E. Emotions. E means the move. And fear is the emotion that they're trying to move you. Yeah, to. they're turning it on. And disaster, and the whole world is just no good. And now you're looking for a president to solve your problems. When, when Jesus say, I'm king of kings, Lord and Lord. So you say, look into my word, make me your source, seek me first, and, and get some good news in your life early in the morning. And I want to go a little further. If you're not into just reading early in the morning, spend some time praying. Talk well, say, to God. I say as soon as you're done reading, pray. Well, I do it the opposite. I get up first. It depends on where I'm at. But mostly I get up and pray. I, I, first of all, I thank God for waking me up. Uh, I thank him for waking me up. I say good morning, Holy Spirit, because he lives inside of me. I want to acknowledge the greater one inside of me. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for me. And then I say good morning, Abba Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will. And I say give me this day my daily bread. I do that. That's my thing. And then I spend time, 5 to 10 minutes, 15 minutes just talking, talking to God about what he said in his word. Because I'm filled with his word, because I study his word. And then I'll go into study time. But like I say, I use that time, my first part of the day, I dedicate it and commit it to the Lord. See, I've had those discussions with the Lord in the car. and I've actually oh, You can have them out, there, too. And I actually talk out loud. It's nothing wrong with that. Well, That's normal. Richard you, for us. But you know what's <laughs> great is that now in the day of an age of cell phones, used to be people looked at me like right. I was crazy. Now they, now don't, they just assume I'm on the phone. And that's the same thing with me. They assume, <laughs> I'm like, man, I love technology. Now they're thinking, uh, I'm just talking to... Uh, Wireless. <laughs> right. I, I'm not just talking to myself. Uh -uh. Well, we're going to have to finish this discussion up. Maybe we'll go into it again next week because right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to encourage you and challenge you as you go through this week. Keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.